Welcome to Rocking Your Priors. I'm your host, Dr. Alice Evans. Now, this week I was interviewed by The Economist on whether there's a crisis of masculinity. Since media time was short, I want to share my answer now with you, unabridged. So, Donald Trump and Andrew Tate's sexism may go viral, but such views are vanishing. Although algorithms turbocharge hate, Europeans and Americans increasingly endorse gender equality. In patrilineal Asia, meanwhile, modernization has created a real crisis of incels. So, this podcast is divided into two parts, West and East. So, do Trump and Tate's popularity reflect a patriarchal backlash? So, they've both gained notoriety for treating women like sex objects. And I quote from Andrew Tate, the kickboxer, multimillionaire businessman, who had 4.7 million followers on Instagram. And I won't do his accent. Um, I'm not saying they're property. I'm saying they, this is women, are given to man and belong to the man. If my woman likes another man's photo, she's out the fucking door, says Tate. Uh, meanwhile, Donald Trump, as you all know, has just been found liable for sexual abuse. Yet he remains very popular. Should we be concerned? Are these canaries in coal mines of wider misogyny? I suspect not. Instagram, YouTube and Facebook design their algorithms to maximise user engagement, as Asimoglu and Johnson discuss in their new book, Power and Progress. By cultivating indignation, companies maximise advertising revenue. Online news consumption is also driven by negativity, Aghast, users share content that they find horrifying. These widely shared clips appear pervasive, and it's then hard for any user to do the statistical gymnastics and calibrate their rarity. In truth, Tate is just one Brit in 67 million. Misogyny is also declining. Tate and Trump do not reflect a wider trend. Representative data tells that young people overwhelmingly support gender equality. Levels and that rates of change vary geographically, but the world is at its most gender equal. In Alabama, I met many of Trump's supporters. None of them reveled in his misogyny. His sexism is deemed unfortunate and widely overlooked. They appreciate him as a strong man, I quote, who will act tough and police the border. Rep Republicans overwhelmingly prioritize national security. And indeed, it's for those same reasons that Alabama has just elected a Republican female senator, Katie Britt, a young mother. So Trump's misogyny doesn't reflect a widespread view amongst his supporters. It's just unfortunate. Even if Tate and Trump do not reflect a patriarchal revival, one might nonetheless be concerned by algorithms that boost vocal extremists and worsen the perception of ideological polarisation. And here I'd uh, recommend a report called Hidden Tribes by More in Common. Okay, so that's the West. Now what about the East? Well, here, the modernisation of patrilineal societies has generated incels. China, Korea and India are all patrilineal. Baby boys are celebrated for continuing the family line and providing for their parents in old age. Son preference has been exacerbated by falling fertility. 
leading to uneven sex ratios. Now, this presents an acute crisis in ageing East Asia, where older bachelors struggle to find younger brides. They face a marriage squeeze. South Korea's sex ratios at, both, at birth are now approaching parity. Security in old age has been improved by savings and national health insurance. Sons are no longer preferred, shows Monica Dasgupta. But the current generation of young men still faces a seriously skewed dating market. And that, I think, has four major effects. One, men struggle to attract wives and girlfriends, especially if they're poorer. Two, South Korea actually has the world's highest male per capita on spending on skincare. So men really try to make themselves look more attractive to compete. But others really struggle, and so they turn to the manosphere, which reinforces this sense of righteous resentment, brimming with hostile sexism. And these angry young women have overwhelmingly supported their new anti-feminist president. Okay, now if you think South Korea has a problem, it only gets worse in China. Bride prices are soaring as demand outpaces supply. Parents increasingly invest in property to improve their children's marriage prospects. Poor, less educated men are increasingly uncompetitive and unmarried. To increase their marital competitiveness, some even turn to crime, exacerbating uh, crime rates. And their families lose face, ashamed by this social failing. So incels constitute a real security threat. And the Chinese government knows this. To maintain stability, the CCP actually shames women into marriage, tarring them as leftover. Law courts also restrict divorce. Analysis of over 150,000 divorce trials in uh, Henan and Zhejiang reveals that women's requests are repeatedly overruled. They are not allowed to divorce. The Supreme Court also tried to scupper women's exit options by ruling that premarital property would remain with its owner, i.e. the husband. So confronted by a structural problem of frustrated incels, the CCP represses female freedoms. Adverse sex ratios are also associated with incel subcultures in America, but since US sex ratios are relatively even, the effects pale in comparison. Okay, now let's turn to India. India, too, has surplus men. But there is no crisis since grooms can find younger brides. However, fertility is now falling. So what's happening in South Korea and China is coming to India. We should anticipate male resentment and coercion over the coming century. This is the great gender divergence. Culture mediates structural transformation and demographic transition. Modernization in patrilineal Asia has spawned skewed sex ratios, frustrated incels, and a real crisis of masculinity. The West also faces problems of hate, but since this is amplified by corporate algorithms, it is far more amenable to transformation. At least if we want to. Okay. This is Rocking Our Prayers and I'm Dr. Alice Evans. Thank you very much and take care.